Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast. As you can see, there is only three of us. Myself, uh, Callum from the Copish podcast and Grace Khan. Keith, who is due to be with us, will join us as soon as possible. Um, lads, I want to... What's going to happen on this show is basically... Um, we're not going to go into massive detail on the Blackpool game, but I'd like to touch on s- some of the players, I suppose. Um, you know, because... There was a few standouts there for for different reasons, and we'll we'll pick them up. Um, we'll we'll go. We'll look at them. We're gonna go on to the squad itself, how it looks, because this more or less is the squad now that you're gonna look at going into the Leeds game, um, at the weekend. What we'd like to see in the squad between now and the sixth of October, how it could be done, and I suppose anything else that comes up in the live chat while we're at it. Um. Callum, I'm going to come to you. Uh, thanks for joining us, first of all. Uh, it's great to have you back on. And I just, Black, Blackpool were dispatched 7-2 by Liverpool yesterday, um, but um, it didn't start off in the best way possible. They were 2-0 down after 25-odd minutes, but they got there in the end. But the first part I want to touch on is um, Billy the Kid, and that's all I'm going to call him because I always forget his second name. But he makes a, he makes a mistake for the opening goal, and... You know, it's one of those where he's a young lad, he's 17, he's playing at Anfield for the first time um, in, a, in a senior game. And 
looking at it, I thought he done okay overall. But is that the sort of thing that not you want to see happen to a player? But it's no harm. He learned from it. You know, he'll get over it, and he'll have enough people around to support him and say, "Listen, these things happen to the best of us." Yeah, indeed. Um, I watching him yesterday. Um, I thought it was good that he made the mistake because the last thing you want to do is potentially throw him into a big game or a first team match and then he makes a mistake in a game that kind of means something. I think him getting that mistake out of his system now, him learning from it at such a young age, um, I presume if we were to play with him in the back four again, I think he'd be next to Virgil as opposed to Matip or Gomez. Uh, so again, Virgil will be talking through the game. But um, again, we have to remember he's 17. When I was 17, I was at sixth form, like, uh, playing five-a-side football making mistakes all the time he's playing at Anfield making a mistake I'd rather be in his position <laughs> than have been playing five-a-side um, I just don't want us as a fan base to put too much pressure on him um, and I just hope he's able to develop at his own pace I thought his passing was brilliant Chris I thought his excellent Chris passing, passing. He, he was just and he pings it with both feet as well. It's not just left foot. He pings it with both feet. He actually can break lines with his passing. So that is really encouraging to see from a 17-year-old. Not just having the ability to do it in a technical now to do it, but having the confidence to do it and a mentality to do it as well. So I, th- I think he's got a bright future. Yeah, there's a couple of people there saying, um, Kevin Sullivan says, Billy has good passing, needs to work on his pace. That can be improved. A year or two yes. with the under, three, under 23 is won't harm him. And Sean Swain just backs up what you were saying, literally typed it in as you were saying it, and he says his passing through the midfield lines was immense. Grizz, mm. a couple of things on that. You know, his passing was crisp. He, he's very confident on the ball. He's a he's a huge guy for 17 years of age. And usually when you see somebody so big and tall, you're thinking, how good is he on the ground? But it's probably a standout feature so far from his, his, his ability on the ground with the ball. But I'll, I'll go back to the, to the mistake he made. You know, the, the, the passing, absolutely fine. Overall, absolutely fine. 17 years of age. This is the perfect time for him to make a mistake like that, Chris, in my opinion. You don't like to see it happen overall, but it's the perfect time where you go... That's what can happen to you when you step up in, in quality. I know it was only Blackpool, but it's a step up in quality. And he learns me. And the next time he won't get caught. And the next time he, he'll have that experience where, no, that's not happening again. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with uh, something like that in preseason to bring you down just a peg. Um, not that he was getting overpraised, but he was getting a lot of attention, maybe, possibly. Uh, new kid on the block the size of him, people commending him on his size, on his attributes. That passing is because he was essentially a left winger and then a central midfield player. And then he was converted into a centre-back where someone obviously saw the size of him and thought like he'll be useful at the back. So um, the passing and the technique, um, it looks it looks impeccable already. You know, as Callum says, he's passing into the midfield. It's 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 quite it was a quite a joy to watch, but then again, most of our centre backs are very good on the ball. To be honest with you, so you know he'll be following in the footsteps of some. You know, even even um, bless him, Dejan Lovren was you know was fairly good with his passing. You know, but we won't mention him again. That's the last time from <laughs> his name again. But, uh, but 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 yeah, there's nothing wrong with a kid just sort of having a slight uh, pullback in terms of like his don't let his head get a bit above water you know he was good it's fine just that mistake I don't think we can blame him 100% for the mistake I think there's a bit of Mo Salah where we where I don't think you've mentioned Mo Salah with the with the stupid pass 
Um, you know, you got to pull him up on that as well. But yeah, on the whole, Billy was a bit. It's a different game when you're playing next to Virgil and when you're playing next to anyone. And you got to remember, he was playing next to Matip, who's pretty insecure about his role, his fitness himself. So he was working. You know, Matip would, would have been concentrating on his own game, trying to get his own fitness going. You know, as opposed to Virgil would be just talking to him all the time, like play that out. You know, make sure. You know, even a make sure shout would have helped in that situation. Make sure. You know, but um, overall, I thought he'd done well. He's growing in stature. He's growing in size. Obviously, well, I hope he doesn't grow too much. But um, but overall, but overall, you can tell that they really like him. Uh, um, I still, I change my mind about whether he should be involved with the first team or whether he should just be given the, the season uh, to the under twenty threes. But let's see what happens with him. Yeah, listen, I think. You know, there was talk last week that Jurgen Klopp has been really, really impressed by him and he could become the fourth option at centre-back. I don't think that's a possibility. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, it's it's one of those where he's very young, he's very raw. You know, it, it may come where he's in the squad every now and then when, you're, when your centre-halves are fit and you want to give him some experience. But when you look at when you look at we're drawn away to Lincoln or Bradford in the League Cup, you're earmarking that and you're saying that might be a chance. I think the chance of him being fourth choice, I think, is um is being a little bit um optimistic, I'm going to be honest. But listen, he gets to, he gets to play at Anfield. He does absolutely fine in my opinion. Yes, he makes a mistake, but everyone makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And to get it out of your system that early, you know. I'd argue that if he was 10, 12 games down the road and it happened to him, he'd be overconfident and it wouldn't affect him as much. Whereas this one now, you kind of go, whoa, this is this is the big leagues. You know, even in a preseason friendly, I need to stamp that out my game. And I'm sure he will. Overall, I thought he looked really well. We've been joined by Keith um, in a dashing top tonight where it looks like a goal. Oh, yeah. um, it's like a Barbary, faux Barbary train, yeah. Yeah, still no Still, um, still has no hair, which is disappointing, and um, we'll discuss that Look, later on. Apologies, we'll 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 have to save that for five thousand crisis in the in the home tonight. That's why I'm late. I thought you were talking about me there, you know, making mistakes and he's only a young star. He makes mistakes. So uh, yeah, well, that's where you should have talking about me being late. <laughs> that's where that's where um that's where you should have known we weren't talking about you when we said the word <laughs> youngster. But um, but we get on to we get on to all your faults within the next hour. Don't worry if you really want to. Uh, but listen, um, I, I get I, I get past Billy the Kid. Um, we'll talk about him much more, and Keith will get an opportunity um, as the days and weeks go on. But lads, I want to touch on two players that didn't stand out, but I think I've no issues. I think with the bigger the game, when when it, when it, when the real games kick off, I've no issues. And that's that's Mo Salah and Sadio Mane, who look to me during this preseason to be. Holding themselves back, I think, um, using this as pure fitness. They're not looking for numbers. They're not looking for to be breaking, absolute, breaking every last sinew to, to do what they need to do. And Keith, just looking at the boat yesterday, um, you know, they weren't bad, but they weren't overly, um, influential. But again, it looked like to me like they were looking for numbers with regards to fitness, with regards to longevity in the game and stuff like that. Is, is there, is there any reason to worry there or is it just one of those where you go, relax, these two are just ridiculously good. When, when the, when the real thing kicks off, we'd be absolutely fine. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to say, you know, the, the Mo has been off form, let's say for a while. Um, but we didn't really need him 
um, to be pulling up trays for us. You know, like, the, the whole team, I think, dropped after we came back after lockdown. And in the few games that we've had in pre-season, yeah, Mo and, Mo and Sadio haven't been at the races. But I'm not overly worried. If it goes into the season and there's an issue, we may be worried then. But... I think it's just their uh, fitness. It's about if it was a normal preseason, I don't think we'd be bothered. Do you know what I mean? I, I think if it was a, a full preseason in a normal normal league campaign, I don't think we'd be overly concerned. It's just about getting them up to match fitness. I mean, sadly, I know they had a break for um, the COVID and all, but they've a lot of miles in their legs, and I know we can touch on that with, with saying that the front three needs um, backup. Uh, of the required level to give them a give them a rest every now and again, but they do have a lot of miles, and I think maybe they are just easing their way into pre. I hope they're easing their way into preseason, but I'm not overly concerned at the moment with the with the form of them. I think when it comes down to it, Salah will be wasteful and will bang in goals left, right, and centre. You know, as he always does. So I think it'll it'll come and the the games start to matter. You know. Mm. Um, Joel Robinson is saying there they are comfortable in the fourth team and no challenge. That's an interesting point, I think, from Joel. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's a very solid one, I'm going to be honest. Fair point. Um, and we, we will kind of look at that when we go on to the next session with regards to the squad we have going into the new season. But I think it's a very fair point, Joel, I'm being honest. Um, Grizz, for you, Salah and Mane, somebody else said there, might have been Chris Brack said they've just cruised through preseason. Is and I feel Liverpool have cruised through it a little bit because, you know, you, you talk to us, Grizz, about the last six, seven league games where Liverpool will, will change things around and use it as a pre-season. The, and, and that kind of bared through, I suppose, towards yeah. the back end of last season, Grizz. But when you look at this, do you feel they've cruised a bit and they're just priming themselves? They're not looking to be overly impressive in pre-season and just be ready to go? I think... Um... I think that's true. I think Jurgen Klopp's reaction or his reaction during sort of that first 45 minutes where he was bellowing at certain players to um, actually win challenges, be in the right position. You know, I know it was directed at Fabinho, that particular incident, but throughout the game, um, I thought Salah was, I know you said Salah wasn't that bad. I thought he was that bad. Um, Mane was still more involved even um the one thing about mo when when you know he's on his game even though he may not be sort of um sort of informed his touch may not be there he never shies away mo always comes in field drops into the central areas will drift out cover everything you know he's i didn't see that it's preseason it's blackpool I 100% agree that he may not, um, you know, he may not want to sort of risk anything in terms of injury or challenges or anything. But you'd expect to see a gradual um, increase in intensity and levels. I haven't seen that with Mo yet. I've seen it with Mane, even though his final shot, pass, touch, whatever it may be, is not there yet. But I've seen the intensity and the and the tenacity rise slowly but surely as the games have gone on in the preseason. Most most form has been worrying for a, a few months now. I'm talking about playing months. Um, but I actually thought he had a couple of very good games near the end of the season. Mm. Um, I remember him being very good against Chelsea. Uh, there was one other game, I can't remember now, where I thought, I don't think he scored or assisted, but he, was, he looked back to his deadly best. So it's been a bit patchy. But as you as you guys say, 
come to the big matches, come to the come to the big occasion when it really counts. We know these two are, are the talisman of our, uh, you know, the, the, the true talisman of our team. And you'd expect and hope that, you know, they're going to carry on like they have been for the last two, three seasons. Mm. A few people are mentioned Brighton away. He did score in that game, of course. Um, but a few, few people are mentioned he was really, really good away to Brighton. I thought he was as well. Um, but look, I, I don't think it's anything to be worried about. Callum, Chris Brack has made a comment here, and I think it's it's a fair one. He says, while front three don't have personal challenge, the formation switch to four two three one is the new challenge to them. And I kind of thought that yesterday watching because, and and in previous games we we've seen where Liverpool have you know the, the charity shield being one where they've they've switched formation, they've they've dropped people into different positions, they've gone with two deep four two three one stuff like that. Uh, do you think that that's the challenge for these players where they're so used to this 4-3-3 that's being played predominantly for the last two years under Klopp. With these little tweaks going on, just to just to change things up and try open games up for Liverpool, is that becoming a challenge for these front three just to get used to and, and, and adapt to as, as time goes on? Yeah, I, I think it will be. I think it will take a bit of time. I think even when we change to a, a 4-3-3 with this, this system that we've got at the moment, uh, before Coutinho left, obviously Coutinho was sort of the creator in that midfield. And then when he left, Ox came in and was that creator. And then he got injured. And then we went into the season and we were starting sort of Fabinho, um, Wijnaldum and Hendo. And obviously the creativity wasn't necessarily there through the centre of the pitch. So we started getting our creativity from the wings. And it took a bit of time for that to bed in as well. So I think it will take a bit of time. But I just think the quality of personnel we've got, I don't think it will take as long as it has done in the past. And I think Klopp's just got his, his footprints on this club now that whatever he changes, I think the players will react very quickly to it. It won't happen overnight, but I don't expect it to take a, a few months like it has done in the past. I think Minamino and Firmino swapping positions is a horrible headache to have for opposition defences because you don't know who to go with, who to stick with. Um, obviously, we, you know you're going to get from Mane and Salah, but when you've got now the added addition of Firmino and Minamino interchanging positions, do, do they both go deep at the same time so Salah and Mane can get space in behind? Do they both go forward so Mane and Salah drop slightly deeper? So, again, it's a headache for the whole defence. So I think if we can click with it, it will work very well from an attacking standpoint. The concern potentially is from a defensive standpoint because obviously we've lost a a holding midfielder as such and I don't expect Klopp to tell our fullbacks to not bomb forward as they do at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see how it actually works if we were to employ it more throughout the season. Mm. Laura Duffy makes a great point um, Mo would also benefit from having Hendo and Trent back I think that's huge yeah. um, I really do um, especially uh, Henderson Henderson lets him cheat in the game I've said this loads and loads of times but I think I think the fact it's pre-season, the fact that we're missing some players that are crucial to Salah I suppose uh, Robertson is crucial to Mane as well in fairness and the fact that listen, they've come off a hard season they've had a short break but they 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 seem to go through preseason where look we'll just get we'll just get ourselves fit and uh, we'll do our talk and come September the twelfth. Moving off any sort of um, negativity, I suppose there from Manny and Salah, but it's not something that we're worried about. I don't think, and I don't think most people in the chat are worried either. They're just looking for competition, I suppose, to them as well. I think, and I think that's a fair point. But moving on to a couple that that did impress, and I want to start off uh, Nabi Keita. So Nabi Keita, we've talked about ad nauseum to be honest with you uh, Keith um, about it's time to shine um, he looks this he looks that and 
I think I've been fairly consistent in saying that Naby Keita has all the tools to be a fabulous player for Liverpool, especially if they're looking to tweak systems. I think it, it could suit them down to the ground. But this preseason, I think he's looked really, really good. He has, and it's it's always a case of touch wood, you know. Um, he he's a fantastic player, and he's he's a very unique midfielder. Nearly in the Premier League, there's not many that are like him. Um, I'm not saying he's the best, but he's he's he has the capabilities to be something that teams will find hard to deal with. I think he's a cracking player, and we've been really impressed with him since the since the football came back. Uh, I think he finished the season well. And I think Kevo Sullivan makes a point. He looks fit, really fit. He, he actually looks to have bulked up as well. He's put a lot of muscle on. And I think that will help him um, make him more explosive. It's not going to, you know, he wasn't a quick player and he's going to bulk up and it'll slow him down. I think he needed to, to get a bit of muscle on there. And I think it could be, it's a cliche, isn't it? But it could be like a new signing. And there's other players that we'll talk about as well that impressed yesterday that are going to be like new signings as well. And people don't want to hear that. People go mad. But Keita, if we get the Keita to hit the ground running, he is an option for us that I think will push us to the next level. If we get him fit and fired him. We've said it before. We've had many false dawns run before. But I think it could well be the one that um, pushes us over the edge. Chris, we've spoken about it. We've had arguments over it. Uh, that, that's absolutely true on this show. Um there's many an argument about players, but one thing that's that's shown through in the whole lot is that while we disagree on Naby Keita's influence and his, I suppose, his performances at times, one thing we've never disagreed on is his ability and air hope for him to just break the shackles off, don't be worried about injuries, go on a run of games. Because I don't know if you agree with me, Grizz, but I think a run of games for Naby Keita, and I'm talking... 20, 25 games where he's available. I'm not starting 20 or 25 games, but starting 17, 18 of 25 games. Um, I would never worry about what influence he could have. Is that what he needs? Chris? Does he need to be looking between now and Christmas and going, I'm available from now to Christmas and I'm never being let, let out of this squad and I'll show exactly what I can do? Every player needs that consistency. Doesn't matter how talented you are, doesn't matter who you are, you always need consistency in terms of being fit and able, right? That's the first thing. Let's get the let's get the sort of cliches out of the way first and talk about new signing. And it was only Blackpool, it was only preseason, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. For me, that was the Nabi Keita that I saw at Leipzig. In terms of, in terms of, and and one of the probably most crucial parts was his position. Naby Keita is a central midfielder of the old school type, where he's, he's a literally a box-to-box central midfielder. Naby Keita is the type of central midfielder at Leipzig where he played in a two, where he played centrally. He would collect the ball, and then he could also drive. So he could drive you up the pitch, also play a pass and be on the end of things at the other box. I thought that was his most mature, most controlled performance that I've seen in a red shirt. I know it was Blackpool and everything, but you got to remember, he was playing alongside in that second. I'm talking about especially the second half where he had Curtis Jones alongside him. Nabi Keita assumed the role of main man in that midfield and everyone around him was attacking. You had the three behind the one, which was Minamino, um, Mane, Salah, Bobby. 
And then you had Curtis Jones next to him, who's still a kid. But he let Curtis Jones almost have a free roll. And I thought as a duo, I thought it was beautiful to watch. I'm telling you, Gav, if Naby Keita can stay fit, and I know everyone says the same thing, but I mean it, he's literally going to take this league by storm. He's that good. He looks fit. He looks lean. He looks sharp. But now he looks like he's a Liverpool player. He looks like he's part of the... He knows he's part of the unit. He knows Jurgen Klopp has total faith in him. And I do believe Jurgen Klopp has faith in him because there has been interest in Navigator. There has been other clubs wanting to sort of test the waters like, oh, maybe Liverpool are bored of him. Maybe Jurgen Klopp doesn't feel like... I'm sorry, trusting him anymore. But hey, we, we turfed all. We said, shut up. No offers for Navigator. We believed in him. And this is the reason. Glimpse, I get... It was only Blackpool. But even before then, sort of even towards the end of last season, he was slowly, slowly growing into this team. The world's his oyster, man. As Keith says, he stays fit. For me, he's the most talented central midfielder in the Premier League, bar none. So it's, it's totally down to luck with injuries, and he stays on that pitch. Why are you raising your eyebrows at me? I think that's a massive shit. <laughs> I only do massive shouts, mate. I ain't got time Matthew. for small shouts. Yeah. I'm telling you, Naby Keita... I think you're drunk on that halal milk, to be honest with you, but go on. <laughs> Let me just finish it up. Go on. I'll say it again. Naby Keita stays fit, and as you said, like a run of games, 17 out of 25, let's say, because no one's going to play every game. It's going to be loads of rotation. This guy has got it all. I don't care what anyone says, man. A lot of people are just shouting Kevin De Bruyne at you, which is... You know, I think yeah. it's a massive statement. He, um, and he plays centre midfield, Kevin, but he's not Kevin, really a central midfield. Kevin De Bruyne's not a central midfielder. I always say Kevin De Bruyne's attacking right wing back at me if you want. Okay. If I can jump in before we move on, even the column yeah. there. Sorry, uh, Gav. The, if we lose Genie Vinaldum, right? His biggest strength when Aldum is carrying the ball through the phases and being hard to knock off the ball. Naby Keita can do that. If he stays fit and he gets on form, it's a strength that he has. He can dribble and he can he can drive through the midfield and link up with the attack. And that's a big loss we'll lose with Keita. I think Thiago's very good at that as well, to be honest. But if we were to get him in, but if Keita can step up, I think it's a huge um a huge hole that will be filled internally without even needing to to look mm. elsewhere to for what we lose with Wijnaldum. Well, well. Before um, we move on to Callum Maverick is just slaughtering us here, and um, I'm all for it. Uh, he says, "Where, where do we get this that Naby could take us to the next level? That's wishful thinking. He's yet to truly dominate a game in two years. He's shaking his head by the looks of it. Um, I'm 38 years of age. Age, I think SMH means shaking my head. Um, and then he follows it up on until he puts together a consistent run of substance. It's just wishful projected capabilities that have yet to be proven. Grizz, your head is swiveling. Um, well, but we did Callum, say that." We did say that if you yeah, put it together and he puts the run together, I, you know. What, yeah, what? no, I think uh, my argument on it is that we've seen patches from Naby Keita and usually it's broken up by an injury and a small niggle. And you know what? Yeah. He pulled out of the Sheffield United game, didn't he? In, in, yeah, in the, in the, in the build up, so stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I'm saying with the tools that he has and the fact that he's been at the club for two years, if you keep him fit, I'm not asking Naby Keita to be better than Kevin De Bruyne, like Grizz, who's clearly on drugs, <laughs> but I'm looking Kevin De Bruyne is not a central midfielder, he hasn't okay. Been, like, Kevin De Bruyne doesn't. 
Well, if you if you put this man, uh, I disagree with you because if you put Manchester City's team out and line mm. them up, it's usually Fernandinho, Kevin De Bruyne uh, playing in a similar position that you'd see Jordan Henderson playing in yeah. when they started, and then they'd have a Bernardo Silva or whoever or a David Silva. He's so an he attacking is, midfielder. He, 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 but he is a, well, well, Naby Keita is an attacking midfielder, Chris, because you're no, not looking for. Now, for people that say that I don't, we, we agree with everything on this. Watch yeah. this. Exactly. This is going to go. What I'm saying is, and this is, and, and people didn't listen to this, or I don't think you did either. What I said was the position he played yesterday, which is in a two, he hasn't played in a two for Liverpool. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone join in the chat? He hasn't played in a two, thank you. So he played in a central midfield position, which he played for in Leipzig. In Leipzig, they played 4 2 3 1. We yeah. haven't played that until yesterday or you know a couple of times now in, in 45 minute matches. That's what I'm saying to people that are not listening. He plays in a two. If you play Kenabi in a two, he has a potential to be the best. Kevin De Bruyne plays as an attacking midfielder is in a three. Either either um Fernandinho or the other the Spanish guy. Plays so as a you, holding midfielder uh, and two players attacking midfielders, similar to us. Of course, Kevin De Bruyne is the best attacking midfielder in the league, but this guy has the potential, potential, I said, to be the best central midfielder in the league. Thank you. Okay, well, um, I would argue that the majority of the time you've seen Naby Keita play for Liverpool, he has played in the tree, off the left-hand side of a tree, which is only just across the road from De Bruyne, who plays on the right, and he's nowhere near De Bruyne's level at that. I agree, I agree that. that's pitch. not my point. I just repeated what I said exactly. I didn't compare him to in that position. Okay. Which part so, did you not understand of that? So, so are, are you telling me that if if Naby Keita plays in a two for Liverpool, which we're just going to presume that he has the potential to be the centre midfield. So, yes. what happens if they decide to go with a three, Gris? He has to adapt his game. We're yet mm. to see all the complaints and all. Do the... you stand? Do you stand over your claims yeah. that if Naby Keita stays sure. fit and shows his potential, that he can be the best central midfielder in England um, in the Premier League if he plays in a three off the left and he would be better than Kevin De Bruyne? You're standing over that. No, no, I didn't okay. say that. Right. That's okay. Not my point. So you're you're now trying to compare two players in two separate positions. I didn't. Someone else did. Well, you're saying that he's the best midfielder in the country if he's central to... midfielder. Central midfielder in a two. Oh no no no! He has the potential to be the best central midfielder. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's two different positions. I'm not saying he's the best attacking midfielder in the country. Do you, call, do, I, do, you, I do you consider that. Jordan Henderson a central midfielder? Uh, he's he's multi he's multifunctional. He's multifunctional, but he's not the best in any. Yeah. Well, I don't care what I don't care where you rate him. Do you consider him a central midfielder? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. But you don't consider Kevin De Bruyne, who plays in the same position as a central midfielder. No, I no. I said he's an attacking midfielder. Okay. But if but, but, but and 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 my point is Henderson hasn't got the potential to be the best central midfielder, but Naby has. That's the point. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, a lot of people are telling me to clear out my ears. I'll do that afterwards. A lot of people are saying, <laughs> telling Grizz to stop digging that hole. But that's what we do. If you t- if we argue, and that's absolutely fine. Um, read the comments. Callum, Callum, I've, 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 I've let um, I, I've let me and Grizz go off on one there. But Naby Keita for you, is it a case of you just want to see him stay fit and the rest will roll on? Yeah, first and foremost, you guys should have told me to bring my popcorn. I like that little. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually on the other side. I'm usually the one arguing on coffee, so it felt yeah. nice to sit back and <laughs> chill out this time. Um, uh, no, Naby Keita for me is, and I've, I've said this since we sort of got him 
talent and again I think this gets confused a lot of the time I think talent wise he's our best central midfielder based on just pure talent in terms of consistency etc you could argue that it's been Henderson at some stage you can argue Fabinho at one stage and Wijnaldum at one stage but in terms of pure talent and ability I think Naby Kate is our most complete central midfielder that we currently have that being said injuries have hampered him since he's been here um, for me, I don't even need to see 25 games in a row where he's available. Maybe 15 would do it for me, but I just think he needs a consistent run in a team to play at a good level for us to see just what he can do. Because for me, he's been the sort of probably the brightest spark since the lockdown, if I'm going to be honest. Um, he played in the Everton game when we drew 0-0. He came off the bench and he looked quite lively and was looking like he could create something. The Man City game where we got absolutely battered, he came off the bench again and he was the only central midfielder progressing with the ball. Then for me, the game that really just said, I'm here now, I'm a Liverpool player, was that Chelsea game. Uh, even before he scored that goal, I, I don't know if you guys remember, the ball got fizzed into him when he was on the halfway line and he did sort of a Cruyff turn on the half turn to Jorginho, just left him for dead. And then obviously he got that wonderful goal that sort of set us on our way to scoring five. And that was the game where I watched him and I was like, yeah, he belongs now. Even little things like when you see him lifting the trophy and taking sort of backstage photos and they're all having a joke and saying nabby lad. And when when they were doing the quarantine workouts as well, he just seemed integrated to the team now. And I think we underestimate just how difficult it is for a player to come from somewhere else, come from elsewhere and integrate into a team. We almost treat it and think of it as football managers sometimes that you're getting a good player, so they're just going to integrate. But these are human beings and it, it just hasn't worked out for him so far. But I think if he stays fit, he could potentially give Klopp a real headache as to who starts in our midfield on a regular basis. But it's a nice headache to have. And I don't want to see Klopp playing him out on the left. I, don't, I just want to see him playing in his preferred position in the middle of the park being allowed to play his game. I, I mean, yesterday, I thought he was our best player from start to finish. Uh, the first half was a write-off, but I thought, again, he was our best player in the first half. Second half, him and Curtis Jones, you kind of worried for him because you're thinking it's a really attacking lineup. Who's going to cover for co- cover for him defensively? But they dominated the ball in the second half and he just really established. And he looked like he'd played at Liverpool for a good three, four years consistently yesterday. And again, I know it's Blackpool, so I'm not going to go over the top, but... I think Kate has arrived and I hope he, he stays fit and he proves to be that player we've signed from Leipzig. Okay. I think overall I think the 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 thoughts overall between us and, and the people in the in the chat is that you need to see him fit. And he's still probably uh, overall when you look at everything, he probably still ranks behind a couple of the midfielders. You know, you could argue Wijnaldum, Henderson, Fabinho. You know, um, just talk of Thiago coming in, but that's that's for later on in the in the in the day. But he probably still ranks behind them, and that thing holding the back is consistency. And you like you need to get a run of games in 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 this side, not only for yourself. But to be absolutely ingrained in what we do on a week to week basis, bang, 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 week on week on week. And he, he hasn't seen it yet. So I think although th- the ability is absolutely there, I think we have to see a Naby Keita fit for, I would argue, 80 to 90% of this season before we actually see exactly what he can do and then re- and, and then assess him. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, out of the front three, I thought Firmino was really bright, um, especially second half. Um, some some outstanding stuff, but we leave him for the minute. I want to get to and Keith, I come to you first. Um, Minamino. Now we've spoken about him um, 
preseason game after preseason game, and, yeah. and yesterday again, he just looks sharp as a tack, doesn't he? He does. He looks like the player that we we thought we were getting when we signed him, and like with any new signing, we expected him to hit the ground running. And I was guilty as anyone else about this. I thought he could, you know, coming from a pressing system at, at Salzburg, he could just come into our team. But it took him a while to adapt. And he, we spoke about it, you know, the title celebration and all. And Henderson had to bring him in to feel part of the group, you know, little things like that. He was probably did feel like an outsider. He's now looking like he's, he feels like he belongs there. I think he's been. I think he's been our best player in the preseason games, mm. to be honest. He's the one I look forward to seeing the most. He's the one that interests me the most going into the season. Um and I just think he's been I think he's been brilliant. I think a move the four two three one. I said this a few weeks ago. When you look at players that we're trying to sign, I don't want to look to dwell too much on Thiago, but you know, a move for Thiago in a four-two-three-one makes sense, and Minamino getting a position in a four-two-three-one makes all the sense in the world. You know, he can't play as a, a high winger like Salah. We saw he struggled when he went onto the right wing in games at the end of the season. He looked better on the left against Newcastle when he went uh, for Mane, but that was dropping deep. He wasn't, you know, at the very end of the pitch. He was coming in and finding positions, and he was having shots. I thought he looked very good there, and I think he's made for a four-two-three-one. If we decide to go that route, I see just talking the chat um, that we now are done four two three one, and Dean Murray is adamant that we did at the start of eighteen nineteen. I think he's right. I think we did go with Salah up front with yeah. Bobby dropped in behind for a few games. I think it's one that Klopp. We all know we played that way um, at times at Dortmund, and it, the way this look, we we don't have Thiago. We haven't bid for well, we haven't got Thiago. I don't like including them in our team, but if that signing goes through, the four two three one looks like it could be the way forward for the team. And I think Minamino will benefit. I think Kate could benefit. I think there's so many of them that can benefit from that position formation change. Mm. Um, somebody said there, Daniel Sturridge is signed for Spurs. Like I can't see it, but um, well, what a move that is. Um, Grizz for you, Minamino. Um, as I said, he's sharp as attack. Keith has big hopes from. I think I've said he gets at least ten goals for this season. Is is again? Is he someone that you're looking at preseason and just saying to yourself, yeah, he's just bedding in here and he's starting to show his quality game after game now. Um, him and Naby Keita, in my opinion, should be one of the first few names on that team sheet for for Leeds um, with their performances. Again, uh, Minamino has been utilised in a number of positions and again me and you have discussed and argued and in our WhatsApp and shout out to Shane Devil who uh, argues with me loads about his position and we talk about it and I'm insisted I've insisted from the start that Minamino will be wasted if we look at him upon as a Bobby replacement absolutely wasted Bobby is unique in the role he plays and not only can Bobby uh, uh, play that in world football, but Bobby is one of the best in his in his role in that position. Minamino was bought off the form and and and, and of his performances uh, of Salzburg, where he played in the position that he's been playing the last few games. And as a result, as a direct result of that formation change, as Keith alluded to, we're seeing the best of Minamino now. Some of the understanding and link-up play between Keita, Bobby and Minamino was a joy to watch. I totally agree that 
it's not a formation that is Klopp's sort of go-to formation in the last couple of years because we've come across a, a, f- a formation, a system that suits us, that makes us a machine. But a lot of the criticism we received from some quarters, mostly, you know, some from others, even from within the Liverpool fan base, was that we've become predictable in the 4-3-3. Arsenal, in a couple of games, Burnley, in a couple of games, showed us that it can be stopped. Teams maybe have started working us out, blocking the the the, the, the wing backs, marking uh, our, our wide forwards, doubling up on our wide forwards. Mourinho no done it, didn't he? Against Spurs, he put Tanganga onto, yeah. onto Mane and and so therefore, the... and, and 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 people were sort of criticising. Therefore, the three central midfielders whose jobs were completely different to what was being asked of them in that situation. So when the three central midfielders were asked to create and cause havoc, they weren't. I'm not. That's not a criticism. That's maybe the way they would have been trained, coached to play in that formation. From what I've seen so far in preseason, I think, and, and I've said, Jurgen Klopp always evolves this Liverpool team. And that's the beauty and genius of this manager that we've got. And if he's thought about this and if they've trained, and, and I believe they have been coached into this fourth 2-3-1 to be not always deployed, but as an option, as a weapon, as a as a formation of attack, I think I think teams will be in trouble. I think that the fluidity, the interchanging of the midfielders, the attackers, I think it gives us a total different dimension. Yes, we played. Do you remember, guys? We played against Southampton and we were three 0 up or something. But he still changed it at half time because he thought Southampton had too many attacks against us. Do you mm. remember where Shakiri was? Shakiri got taken off. Yeah. So he hit, he have, hit the free kick, didn't he? Smashed the crossbar. That's right. I got the top in. That's right. So there is, it has been the back backdrop of this of his mind, but he didn't need to change it because we're such a juggernaut. During the end of the season, during preseason, we've sort of stumbled, stumbled, and then so people are asking for something different. And we remember we always talk about transfers and people coming in. You know, we we know he likes to um, fix problems internally. And this could be an internal fix where he absolutely sort of changes up the central midfield, change the formation, and it lights up Bobby. And Bobby looked like a different player. Bobby and Minamino, it looked like they were playing with free wills. You know, they knew how to, when to go, when not to go, interchange. Some of the three, t- one touch, two touch play around the box was a joy to watch. It hasn't, I, I Gav made a very good point about, has it affected Mane and Salah? Maybe temporarily, but they're such great players that they will get used to the system. And I think we will flourish in it. I think the change of system has been the biggest key for Minamino. I, I just don't see him utilized. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Best in a 4-3-3. Okay. Um, Callum, I think we've all covered Minamino fairly. Uh, we've just talked loads about him. So, 
Do you agree with all that about Minamino? Are you excited about him for the season? Have you any predictions about how many goals he's going to score? And I'll let you take Curtis Jones before we move on. I'm not letting these two talk about Curtis Jones because he took loads of time up on Minamino. <laughs> so a uh, little bit on, on Minamino and I want your feeling on Curtis Jones as well. Uh, so yeah, Minamino, when we signed him, I was very happy because obviously watched the two games where he played against us in the Champions League, especially the, f- the first game at Anfield where I thought he was brilliant played us like it was one of the best performances I've seen from an opposition player at Anfield for a good few years um so when we signed him and then obviously signed him for such a cheap fee as well it's like it's a no-brainer he can cover multiple positions he's just a very good footballer again I saw a lot of people getting on his back when we first signed him especially in the first couple of months saying he's not going to make it and I was just like he just signed in January. We're going to win the league. Let's give him a bit of time. Like he just got to find his feet. And I think now he's finding his feet. Again, the Newcastle game, I look towards that game and I think, yeah, that's the game where he sort of found his feet. Mm. I don't like him on the right. I do think he's a good player playing from the left, but I'd never seen him play sort of that 10 slash 9 position. And I think he looks really, really accomplished in a position. Again, everyone who knows me well knows that I'm a massive Bobby fan. Bobby's my favourite Liverpool player. So... Seeing Bobby sort of get back to his best as well, playing alongside Minamino, there were times where the interchanging, Blackpool just couldn't handle it. They didn't know whether to go with Bobby or go with Minamino and then it created space for one or the other. And when one player's got space, you're in a position where you can go in and damage and, do, and cause harm to the other team. So I do think Minamino will have a good season. In terms of goals scored for this coming season, I'm going to go with 10 in all competitions. I I think that's that would be respectable from him. Anything more than that is a bonus, in my opinion. So I don't think he'll start as many as the other attacking players. Um, and then on to Curtis Jones. He just looks ready. He just looks ready. I mean, how old is he now? What, 19? Yeah. And I, I got a bit of criticism when I said this, but as though, although Trent is more established in a team, I wouldn't be surprised if Curtis Jones became a captain of Liverpool quicker than Trent. I just think he looks like captain material. He just doesn't seem like he's phased by anything. You remember the Arsenal game in the League Cup where he had to score the penalty to win us the game? He just walked up to the penalty spot, took the penalty in, and that was done. Then again, in the cha- in the Community Shield, sorry, Martinez is just giving him loads of lip, loads of lip, loads of lip. <laughs> he walks up, takes the penalty, looks back at him and gives him a lip back and then walks away. He's 19. He's doing that at 19 to establish players. Like He just looks ready. He came on yesterday, played in a slightly deeper role than what he usually plays, and he bossed the game. He he was dribbling past people. He wasn't getting knocked off the ball. He just looks accomplished, and he's just got a lot of confidence as well. So I just Curtis is he's someone that could really make a stand this season. He could be that guy who who kind of shuts people like myself up. Who said we need a Coutinho replacement? He could be that guy that says, "Well, I can get you goals and assists for midfield." So don't need to go out and get anyone. So he's got he's got a role he can play this season and it would be beautiful if he could. Yeah, he, for me, he's he's grown massively in the last six months, even the last six months. You know, when you see him, I remember him coming on against, I think it was Bournemouth away, we were trina up at the time and he comes on yeah. and he's he's he keeps it nice and simple he moves around the pitch he's, he's just yeah. popping passes off here and there five yards ten yards but you've seen him over the last six months he's not afraid to try diagonals he's not trying to you know true balls he's, he's he's getting in the goals he's he's progressed massively and i think it 
Grizz has mentioned this a couple of times where, uh, and Keith probably as well, where he does an interview after the game and he says, I want to be in the first team. I want to be the first yeah. team. I want to be playing. I believe I should be playing. And, and people thought, naive of the fella. And I thought, and we, and a few of us thought, no, you, you want players like that. You want players to believe that they're it. the best, regardless yeah. of what age they are, because you'll always hear the argument if they're, if they're good enough, they're old enough. And I, I, I believe that, you know, go back and look at Michael Owen. You know, who's got a whole Michael Owen back till he's 19 years of age to play for Liverpool. Yeah. So I think he's a massive talent. I don't want to see too much problem this season, though. I'd like to see him if he started. 10, 12 games in the league this season. I'll be fairly happy. Um, you don't want to throw too much on him, but I think he's a, he's an absolutely huge prospect. Before we move on, there's a couple of, bit of bits and pieces I have to tell you about. Um, firstly, hit the like button. Um, it's important for us. Um, it lets us know that um, you're enjoying this and we have a look at it after each show. So if you're on, there's 775 on at the moment. If you please hit the like button, that's absolutely great. Instagram, please follow us on Instagram because Instagram is going to be the place this season where you get a chance to come on and talk to us. We're going to be doing Instagram lives just before every game and just after every game and it's the chance for people that watch this show or the, and other shows that oh, we do. You've got to teach me how to do that. You've got to teach me how to do uh, that. No, yeah. Chris, 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 you're, uh, not, you're not on it. Chris, you're not Chris, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't teach you a dog beans for fuck's sake. Um, Give me a chance. I, I'll, I'll do my best. I, I will assign that to somebody else now, though, because listen, I need to be sedated by the time the whole process will be over. But thank you. Um, it, it, no problem. Um, always here to help. But Instagram. Uh, thanks for the interruption, by the way. Um, Instagram. Yeah, listen, get on there. Uh, follow us on Instagram, and we will be going live before and after every game. It gives you the chance um, to come on. Let let us know your thoughts on. The, the game before it happens and let us know your thoughts on the game after it happens you just request to come into the live show we come in give your thoughts for a minute or two drop back out we get as many people in in a 15 minute period we feel it's something that not a lot of people do and we want the people that are on here that constantly give us feedback and constantly look to get involved a chance to do that on Instagram um, with regards to the jersey giveaway I'm back on the trail tomorrow trying to hit golf balls in a bucket um, yeah. weather holding up the weather's been appalling uh, absolutely yeah. appalling but it looks okay for this week so I'm just going to keep trying until I get it and I'm videoing all this and I will just edit it down to when I actually get it and who's going to win it okay um, what you should have done there was got a bucket and said you'd put the names on a bit of paper and throw them into the bucket and you'd have this done I said ago. this golf balls into a bin was an ambitious away. one yeah, I it know. was ambitious at the start. And, I you know. know, the chickens have come home to roost on that one. <laughs> yeah, but they haven't come home to roost. They're fucking waiting ages to come home to roost. But um, listen, I will I will get it done. And I will make that shot. Don't worry about it. I will make that shot. I have got the fire finals. And as soon as I have, we do a short video to reveal that, okay? Um, Predictor King, you're running out of you're running out of uh, time. That closes this Friday at midnight, okay? Uh, go on to our YouTube channel. Go to Predictor King video. It's there. Predictor about, Ace. Uh, Predictor Ace. Um, if you go to our Twitter page, you'll actually see it on the top of our Twitter page. You go into the, the YouTube video, go into the... Um, the description and you will find your 50 questions type them out and send them to the email address provided the fantasy league is also back we've done a tweet on that which we will update everyone can join it's a bit of banter and it's a bit of laugh and it's bragging rights at the end of the season okay few more bits to tell you about later on but we will get to that later on sorry for taking you up sorry for having a discussion online uh, live about Grizz trying to set up instagram which will be horrific but will probably be some of the best content we've ever done if we videoed Grizz trying to set up instagram it would be absolutely amazing but listen Moving on, lads. You know we're we're six days out from the season starting now, and um, 
it looks like the squad we have now will be the squad that goes into the game against Leeds. So I just wanted your thoughts basically on how you feel about the squad. Now, it's a fantastic squad, don't get me wrong, it's league champions. But people wanted to see bits and pieces added to it, maybe a couple leave, you know, a couple of additions and stuff like that. And Grizz, I'll come to you first. Going into this season, the squad as it is now, I know we have a transfer window that ends on the 6th of October, but looking forward to, it starts against Leeds. Um, how confident are you? How comfortable are you? And I suppose, what do you want to see happen between now and the and the transfer window closing? Confident. Yeah, fairly. Comfortable. Yeah, fairly. Um, and the reason for that is sort of, you know, where we at as a team. We're on top of the uh, uh, on, on the league. We're still champions. We're, we've not lost any first-team players. We've added adequate left-back cover. We're, we're going to end up with uh, um, adequate cover in the other areas that we wanted. I don't know what more people want. Um, Form-wise, as we've discussed, a couple of our guys can sort of get that extra 10%. would be nice, um, but that comes. Every team will have the same scenario, same situation. Where's, where some of their key players are not up to speed yet. It's absolute normal. It's natural. It's football. You go through past seasons, early doors, shocks happen. Teams, you know, underperform. Some of the lower teams overperform, you know. Um, it's it's a bit of a lottery this season, how it's going to go. Nobody really knows what kind of form everyone will be in. It's a fresh start. But we've got no reason to be dismal. We've got no reason to be down. We've got no reason to be not confident. You know, we should be, we should be, you know, our chest should be puffed out and, and sort of, as Klopp says, ready to attack this league, whether it's fans or whether it's the players or the coaches, you know, we, we all got to be sort of confident and, and sort of thinking that we're going to continue this amazing phase that we're going through. I don't see any reasons for despondency. I don't see any reasons for negativity, um, but that's maybe just me. I mean, I don't know what you guys think. I'm very comfortable. I'm very calm. Um, you know, I've discussed what the negatives are in my view, the form of Salah, the form of Fabinho. I don't know if we touched upon it, but maybe there's a conversation to be had around Fabinho's form, you know. But apart from that, youngsters coming through, the, the rise of Jones, the rise of Minamino, um, you know, it looks good. We've got, you've got to remember, we've got, we've got Virgil and Hendo and Trent to add to this, uh, Robbo to add to this, to this squad. Fantastic, world, world-class players right there. We're stronger than some of our own fans think sometimes, and that's disappointing. We're actually stronger than we, some of our own fans think we are. Um, looking forward to the rest of the window. You know, we've been adamant that we'll get a couple more in, uh, and those couple will be very, very able Liverpool players to make us even stronger and that's where I'm at right now Okay, um, very fair um, analysis of it all uh, people looking for the fancy league code it's on the screen right now B60A6G that B60A6G I'm doing that for the people that download the audio later um, Keith yeah. the squad is as it is we expect a couple of changes before the window closes um, yeah. 
you know, people are people are asking like, why are A, B, and C spending and we aren't? And others are saying, well, why are we going on about quotas when Chelsea and Man City don't care? If you actually look at Chelsea and Man City squads, they have the quota they need. Yeah, um, they absolutely do. But uh, this is Anfield put up a uh, thing. It might have been yesterday today going on about this quota, which we've been speaking about for three or four weeks. Yeah, and um, that the quota is one of the main reasons that we haven't brought somebody in because we need to hold off and get people out first and it's quota and it's finances at the same time um, but what way are you fixed on this squad are you happy and do you I suppose do you expect a couple of changes to, to occur by the time the window closes on the 6th of October yeah I think uh, yeah right we touched on this um, weeks ago um, before a lot not saying we broke news but you know Shawnee in fairness was on top of this quote very early that we have a squad a 25 man squad when you register all players and we've got 17 non-homegrown players in that squad that's the max you can have so yeah. we lost homegrown players out of the squad, but we have the max. Now, the likes of Robbo was a non-homegrown player. He's in that list. The two, we, we saw the, the list of the seven name players um, that are on that list. And I can quickly run through it there. Just give us a sec um, of the players. And it's the goalkeepers, right? We've got Adrian, Allison, and Cardius. The defenders, we've got Virgil, Robbo, Matip, and Simakas. Midfielders, we've got Fabinho, Gini, Keita, Gruic. And up front, we have Firmino, Manasale, uh, Minamino, Origi, and Shakiri. Now, the glaring ones that stand out on that are Karius and Gruic, right? We know Gini's situation, but that's a slightly different one. That He could go. But until we can move some of these players out, at least one of these players out, why we if we bring one in, it weakens our position in signing players. It weakens our ability to, to sell players. Sorry, it weakens our ability. If we bring in, let's say for argument's sake, we bring in Thiago and we bring in Dake, right? We have to get rid of two of these players. Now, short of ripping up contracts, we have to sell them. And teams are going to be like, well, these are desperate. These are scabby. We're not giving them. You want 15 million for Grealish? We give you 10. And you like that. Carius might be a case. I mean, I know some people think we might get rid of him near the end of the window. We might just have to terminate his contract. You know, we might just have to take a hit on him and just... He's actually no refused He's actually refused a couple of loans, uh, which is disappointing. But it's disappointing that no one's actually bid any money for him. We've had loan yeah. offers, but he's, he's actually refused loan offers. But loans will do. You know, we just need to get them out of our squad. And mm. it's, it's something that people think, oh, Man City, Chelsea. You look at the makeup of their squad. They have a lot of the homegrown players in the squad, you know. And we just, and it doesn't matter what they do. They, you know, let them do what they want. We have to just worry about ourselves. This is where Liverpool operate, and it's unfortunately, I personally think that's what's holding up any moves. I think we'll have to see outgoings before, and not for financial reasons, for space, for the, the quota reasons. I think that's what we're waiting on. And nothing to do with mm. yeah. um, Barry Devaney says we can still sign a foreign player, just don't, just don't need to register another player for the league campaign. But the problem there is if you're not registering for a league campaign, his value drops, plummets, because you're yeah. never going to use him. And this is what it's all about. Um, but listen, I think it's I think it's fair to say that 
any guests we've had on this show, and I'm, I, we get on to Callum now in a minute, he'll let us know what he thinks. But anybody that's been on this show, hosted this show, being a regular on this show, or being a guest, have all said, listen, the squad is fantastic, but they would like to see A, B and C happen. And I think that that's nearly across the board. I haven't heard anyone say, no, 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 go and do, you know, don't sign anybody. Although we were all fucking laughed at last season when we didn't really sign anybody. But I think, in fairness, the vast, vast majority of people have said, we need A, B and C. Even as we stand now with Simicassian, we need A, B and C. Um, a and B, definite C is just probably a bonus somewhere. And we know where that bonus is what we're talking about. We're trying to stay away from this evening anyway. Callum, um, how are you feeling going into the season? Because as I said, six days out, uh, a couple of players looking to come back from injury. Uh, one has COVID now, which is the crack, isn't it? And, um, you know, then you have talks of some movement within the transfer window um, before the 6th of October. What way are you feeling with six days to go? Um, so I got quite a lot of stick for this when I said this on Coppish. I said, as things stand right now with the league starting, if the league, if the window shut tomorrow and everyone had done their business as it is right now, I think we'd still retain the league. I don't think we'd walk it like we did last season, but I think we'd retain the league. That being said, I'm not stupid. I do know Man City are probably going to try and sign a couple more players. Chelsea will try and sign anyone who's got a pulse. Um, Arsenal will probably try and sign a couple players. So I'm not silly there. I do get it. I agree with you guys. I think our squad is massively underrated, which is stupid considering we've just won the league. Um, That being said, though, Simicast was a big signing for me. I said we needed a left-back from the moment we sold, or well, let go of Moreno. Well, we needed a left-back while Moreno was here, to be fair. And we got Robbo, we still needed a backup then. So having Simicast come in for me was really good. Um, Take that off my screen, Gav. <laughs> Sorry, that's just the, that's the quote from Sports Build. It's allowed. Yeah, yeah, take it off. No. <laughs> Come on, um, Callum. And then you look at the sort of rest of the squad, and I, I mean, we kind of touched on this yesterday on our show. So, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll quickly go through what I've got as a squad. So, in terms of, I know we have to register twenty-five players. Obviously, we have to register three goalkeepers, right? So, Alison Adrian. I'm guessing Kelleher would be the third keeper. We're not going to register carriers. I hope to God we don't anyway. No, um, no chance. Kelleher, if I'm not wrong, is homegrown as well, right? Or is he not? I think he does qualify. I don't know what the requirements are, but it's, you have to have trained for three years under the age yeah. of 21. So he yeah, could, I, I don't know how long he's there. Yeah. I think he's all right. Yeah. And I don't cool. think he's over there. I think you can have under... Uh, 20, if he's under 21, I think he can register him in anyway, so I don't think he counts. Yeah. But I could be wrong um, on that if anyone knows. And then you've got Trent and Nico, you've got Van Dyke, no one there, so back up Van Dyke directly, and then you've got Gomez, Mati, Robbo, Simicas. So of that, you've still got, so you've got Kelleher, Trent, Nico, Gomez, um, who's homegrown. Then in the midfield, you've got Fabinho, Hendo, Ox, Millie, Keita, Genie, and Jones. Hendo, Ox, Million, Jones are uh, homegrown. So, so far, we've got about seven. Then you've got Salah, Firmino, Mane, Minamino, Origi, Shakiri, Elliot, and Brewster. Hmm. So, again, I think we've got enough homegrown. To, I mean, you take out Brewster because it, it looks like he probably is going to go out on loan again. Elliot, you don't necessarily have to register. But even if you don't, I still think we have got our eight there. Yeah. So, again... 
I don't think it's imperative for us to sell, but it would help. And dare I say, the likes of Shakiri, maybe even Origi. I mean, again, I've been slated for saying this. I love Origi as a player, as a person, but I don't think he just work. I don't think he works for us. I think we can go out and get someone who's a bit better suited for our style of play. So if we were to get rid of Origi and Shakiri, dare I say it, you can still bring in your likes of that that T word. I'm not going to mention because I don't want to get in trouble from Grizz. And then you know, uh, <laughs> and then a centre back potentially, and then a wide forward, and you still have the quota and you still have the squad. So I think it can be done, but as you said, it's going to be difficult because teams now know we we have got players that need to be sold. So I wouldn't be surprised if we sold some players towards the end of the window where teams try and get us and try and get us to lower our valuation of players like Wilson and Grewich and Brewster goes out loan late. So. I, if we are going to do any business, I don't expect it to happen this week. Um, again, I'd, I'd love to be surprised, but I, I don't see it happening. Um, I think we definitely need a centre-back and I think we need a wide forward. And then the T word is the icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah, it is the icing on the cake. Um, we're going to finish up in a couple of minutes, but I want to do ask you, ask you something, man. Keith, I'll come to you. Hmm. There's, there's a lot of talk around fans being allowed back into the grounds, I think, in October sometime. There's talk of, yep. I think it's something like 20% of the ground, is that right? Um, yep. Which would lead to around, is it 12,000 at, at Anfield? It's something like along yeah. them lines. I think it's 12,500 is the number. Um, and, of course, it goes on the side of the, size of the stadium and stuff. I think Manchester United will have um, the most with something like 16,000 or something like them. That People will tell me the numbers, but yeah. this is the talk anyway. How big an effect do you think this, like, because the season was over, let's be honest about it when we yeah. came back. How big is this, how big is the season or how big is the effect on this season going to be with no fans to start off with? Um, 12,000 is the number. So what's that? 17%, something like that at the ground. Um, how big is it in Liverpool's minds going to affect us? Because I think it might, Keith, I think there's an argument there to say that we are probably one of the sides that would suffer biggest from no crowds at the yeah. at the games, particularly at Anfield. I agree 100%. Um, I was sort of adamant that when the football came back after the, the lockdown, that the better teams will beat the, the lower teams because it just comes down to ability at the end of it. You know, the better team are the better team and the small lower half bottom teams rely on the crowd to get them up you know a crunch and tackle goes in the crowd goes mad the players lift Liverpool are and, and because we only needed one or two wins it didn't really impact us but we need a crowd in as soon as possible for this season we need fans in there because we are an emotional team you know we we feed on the emotion of the fans Clock feeds on the emotion of the fans. I don't think it'll bother us too much. I think, you know, if we can get in a few games, we'll we'll do that. But the sooner it comes back, the better. Because, you know, Anfield, you'll never walk alone, all that sort of stuff. It, it does, it impacts teams. There was a lot of stuff over the weekend about it being, you know, no atmosphere and all that sort of stuff. Nonsense, carry on. It does impact oppositions and it lifts their team as well. So I think the sooner we can have, and even if it is a reduced number, I don't know. It's better for the players on the pitch that there'll be fans in there. They don't hear that crappy noise on the telly that we can all listen to. 
But even at twelve thousand fans, there has to be it has to be a lift for the players because I, I do I think we really need that. I think the, if that goes if that goes pear shaped for any reason, that could be the biggest obstacle we have this season. Nothing to do with squads or new signings or anything like that. I just think that could be the one that that sort of hits us hardest. Gracie, agree? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much echo what Keith said. Uh, but I don't want it to be an excuse for us. So I don't think, I don't think we're. I think we're at the level, and I think we've got the the players that are capable of yeah. sort of putting that to the side. I don't think, you know, I don't want it to be an excuse for fans to pick up on and say, "Oh, you know, mm. we we need the atmosphere." Because it's funny because sometimes people say we haven't got an atmosphere. And sometimes when it comes to for 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 their narrative, we have got an atmosphere, and it will hold against us. So it's a bit confusing for for other fans. For ourselves, uh, we should be comfortable. We should be used to it now as a team. Um, but it's it would be nice. It would be nice for the finances. It would be nice for the for the atmosphere. Yeah, from a viewer's point of view. But as a as a club that's going for the league, I think Jurgen Klopp will have them absolutely focused and sort of forget about crowd or no crowd. We're on a mission to attack this league. That's what his, his words were, and I think you know that should be the aim, regardless of whether it's crowd or no crowd. Okay, um, Callum, uh, mind over matter. Ask, can you host Gav for the next show, please? I don't know what that means. If he wants to, let me know. If Callum wants to take over host duties, I'm all for it. Um, I really am. <laughs> Um, I, I, think on your, I think he wants you on our show. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll do, if that's the case, we'll do our best. Um, I don't even charge that. I don't even charge as much as Grizz, who got played a fortune last week, to want to copies as well. So um, I, I charge very little. Um, but I'm only messing with you. None of us charge each other, for fuck's sake. It'll be all over Twitter now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be, yeah. Making a fortune. Um, but for you, like lots of there's loads of different opinions coming in here where it's ah uh, it doesn't matter we had crowds for years and we did still couldn't win a league and you know people are saying of course it does people turn up at Anfield with their tails up because they know they're not coming into an atmosphere that um that can be quite intimidating despite whatever that Arsenal fellas tries to tell you um but for you um. <laughs> Does it make a big difference? Have you seen? Uh, I know it's a hard kind of sample size to look at when when the league was more or less over. But do you think four or five home league games in? Do you think you'd be able to read it better, or is it something you're just thinking? Look, everyone is in the same boat. You just go and deal with it. Yeah, I think everyone's in the same boat, and I know a lot of people use the sort of after lockdown to say we didn't play our best. Of, I mean. Burnley was the only game where we dropped points at Anfield, I believe, mm. when we mm. came back from the break. Yeah. Yeah. We smashed Crystal Palace, we knocked five past Chelsea and we beat Aston Villa, who literally just came to defend. So I don't I don't think it will affect us as much as people say. Now, if it was a game such as we're down 2-0 in the Champions League semi-final in the second leg at Anfield, then yeah, I think it's going to have an effect. But for your sort of regular league games, I don't think it's going to really affect us. I mean, you look at it. I mean, if anyone's going to be an advantage, it's going to be Manchester City because they're used to playing in front of very little mm. atmosphere. So teams like that, yeah, they're going to be all right, aren't they? But I think we'll be fine. We've got great footballers at our disposal. I think we're used to the team now. We're used to the situation. I just think it'll be fine. I don't want to see people rush back into stadiums, but I just don't because I, the last thing I want is for us to have a second wave of this virus mm. and because yeah. that I think would just be catastrophic, not just for football, but just life in general. So I'd rather be patient, 
get things a bit more under control and then have fans in rather than just say, yeah, let's get fans in so we can get a bit of atmosphere because life comes first at the end of the day. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. I think they're, they're, they're trying to look around ways to get this done, but I'm not, I'm not, um, like somebody says there, the government are losing con- complete control of what's going on now in the situation. I don't <laughs> know whether it's just... Norm, a, no, isn't it? <laughs> I, 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 I don't, well, I don't know. I don't live over there. Thank God. Uh, but there's much better, let's be honest. But, um, but, but, the, but the thing is, like, it, it could be a case of, like, the Premier League, you know, we, we spoke at length about the, the TV deals last season, um, sponsorships, you know, endorsements, uh, bonuses for clubs. Could they be paid if the, the, the league didn't finish? And it could be a case of Premier League clubs and the Premier League themselves and the FA and the TV companies getting together and going, listen, we're just going to push this narrative and see how far we can get because it needs to be done. Um, it, it's still having an absolutely massive effect on, on the game. Oh, as a whole, you know, with no fans in the in the in the grounds. But having said that, I think Callum's spot on. It's um, it's absolutely imperative that you know whatever virus is out there and whatever strain is there and whatever how rampant it is or whatever or non rampant it is, you, you have to make sure it doesn't get any worse or anywhere near yeah. the levels it was a couple of months ago. Um, Grizz, anything before we go? Somebody did ask why you weren't playing in soccer today, but um, if you don't want to answer that, you don't have to. He but was in the squad, but he had to pull out in the warm up. He done an Abby K day. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Grizz. I sent. I sent my brother chunks. So, yeah. <laughs> he only had one XL jersey, was it? So you had to sit it out. <laughs> Grizz lost a lot. You know, he gets a lot. He gets an awful lame. lot of them. Um, yeah, yeah, he's getting an awful lot of them. Um, a lot of traction. A murs, I suppose, is the words you could use um, uh, on this on this show because he looks so lean and he keeps playing with that beard and it's turning people yeah. on. Both of, the, both, of the, both of the male and female persuasion. Um, yeah. Nothing else, Grizz, before we go? No, 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 nothing else for now, but uh, look forward to uh, Tuesday where we should have an absolute cracking show. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Keith, anything before we go? No, apologise for the non-hair thing, you know, but mm. uh, we'll, we'll do that again, don't worry. We'll, we'll sort it out. We had to put on the, well, we said, we said when we got to 4,000 subscribers, Keith would wear a full, uh, wig on his head and Grizz would unblock anybody that requested it throughout the show. But, um, we had to put it off because of, um, problems, um, in the production, uh, head of, uh, head of wigs and stuff like that. Shawnee Lawson, uh, didn't start it out. So, um, we, we'll put that off for another night where we will let Grizz unblock a load of people once you request it and Keith will turn up looking like from 1977. Yeah. Um, Callum, is there anything else you'd like to say before we go? Uh, no, I've got to do a forfeit on our channel tomorrow. I've got to wear Neymar mask and anyone who knows me knows that although I rate him as a footballer, I'm not a massive fan of Neymar, so that's going to hurt me to do that. I've got to wear the mask for five minutes and wax lyrical about him at the show tomorrow. <laughs> how did, how did so, that come about? Um, so we had a debate on our show on whether Neymar is an elite footballer or not. Um, I said he wasn't. The other two said he was. <laughs> wasn't. Um, and since then, they've just been getting on to me. So I said for one of our videos, if you've got a thousand likes, I'd wear a Neymar wig and I'd say nice things about it for five minutes. So nice. can't wait for that show tomorrow now. Yeah, yeah either can I now. Like, uh, listen, <laughs> everybody tune in. 750 is Tune in. Um, if, you, if you haven't subscribed to Copish, uh, go yeah. and subscribe to them on YouTube. It's well, a fantastic that. channel. Cheers, uh, the three lads just 
absolutely destroy each other for about an hour every yeah. time you go on. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. it. Um, if you think there's arguments on this, uh, brace yourself because the other one is even worse. <laughs> um, but it's it's absolutely fabulous. I have to say, it's great to have um, it's great to have Callum on. We always look to get him on as much as we can yeah. because he talks sense. He has a good sense of humour, and he's going to be walking around with a Neymar mask on, which just tops it all off for me. Um, this week on the LFC Day Trippers, uh, we should have a club podcast tomorrow. We're working on that at the moment. Tuesday and Thursday is most definitely um, transfer agenda show. Um, and Friday night, our season kicks off with the what do we call, what do we call it? Oh, the Friday forecast. Yeah. Um, it's a new show from us um, that will be running throughout the season on Friday nights, where we will look at Liverpool predominantly, but the rest of the Premier League weekend as well. This weekend, it will be myself, uh, it will be Keith, and I think Harry from the Chronicles of a Gunner is coming on as well. So um, we will have a good laugh on that on Friday night. Watch out for that. It's one of just two new shows this year so keep an eye out for them um, Mind Over Matter asks is that apple juice you're drinking Gav no it's not it's um, Lucas Aid Orange it's the only sugar I put into my body in the whole day because me um, I'm trying to just end up looking as lean as Grizz so that's basically it. Um, I don't know. We all are. We all are. We all are. He's, a, he's an inspiration to us all. And anyone that says any different, don't listen to them. They're telling absolute lies. That has, been... has the apple juice corn market yeah, corner yeah. Any way yeah. week, so. He's absolutely <laughs> looking for a sponsor there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. If I keep swigging this, uh, the lads will spot me and pay me millions. Um, and I like it. I like the idea. But... <laughs> That is um, one, one hour and 13 minutes of your life that you can never get back. It's been the Fatback yeah. 4 podcast. We'd like to thank you for joining us. We'll Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to see us again here live on Tuesday night. We'll do our best for the Monday Club as well. But um, it's going to be a cracking week. Up the Reds. For confidence in your financial plan, look for a CFP professional. When your financial advisor earns the CFP certification, it means he or she is trained to provide ethical financial planning across a holistic range of topics, from retirement and investing to taxes and estate planning, all in your best interest. So with a CFP professional, you'll feel confident in your financial plan today and tomorrow. Three letters do make a difference. Visit letsmakeaplan.org to find your CFP professional. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Podcast Network.